You are listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with faith leaders and academics to explore deep questions of meaning. Questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as, why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honoured to welcome back to our show Rabbi Stanley Davids and Rabbi John Rosoff, co-editors of Deepening the Dialogue, Jewish Americans and Israelis, Envisioning the Jewish Democratic State. Rabbi Stan and Rabbi John, welcome back to our show. Thank you. It's great to be back. A lot has happened in the world since our last show, um, especially in that region of the world. And I think we've seen a real shift in the way that people talk about Israel in particular. I was even kicked out of a left-wing group um, for being, I was accused of being a genocide denier and an apartheid supporter because I was trying to provide nuance in a discussion. And that I see as part of the role of your book, your, your wonderful book. So maybe the first question for us today, especially now that we are seeing such extremism being presented, is, is nuance actually possible when speaking about Israeli-Palestinian relations? Rabbi Stack, do you want to go first with that one? Okay, I can, I can try that one. Uh, the answer is no. Shall we move on to the next? No. Um, the, it is extremely difficult. I, Rabbi Neil, I, I find myself more often thinking about conflict resolution. My goal is conflict resolution. And nuance is a tool, but it's not the end. Uh, so if nuance can be used, terrific, but there are other ways of entering into conflict re resolution. For example, finding ways to bring people who strongly disagree into a setting in which they can speak with each other with nothing on the agenda except, I'd like to hear without interruption your position. I'd like you to hear without interruption my position then maybe we can talk a little bit about it and maybe there can be another meeting or not. Conflict resolution, nuance, what is nuance to one is a hard line position to another. And I think this is one of the real difficulties now as people I think in across the world become more polarized in their political perspectives between right and wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. This challenge of even bringing people together for this conflict resolution seems daunting, almost impossible. Rabbi John, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I, I just saw the new production called Oslo, which uh, is uh, based on the play of the Oslo Accords, how they got started in 1993, uh, which I recommend to all of your uh, listeners. Uh, that really shows how, how peace is possible only when people face each other and develop relationships with one another. Uh, Stan knows this. I've just finished uh, translating from Hebrew a, a biography of my great-granduncle, Avram Shapira of Perak Tikva. He was the most famous uh, early Shomer, guard, protector, defender, 
mediator, and he had better relationships, had, had outstanding relationships with his Arab neighbors because they respected him, he respected them. He even said, and I'm reminded of Obama when he bowed before the Saudis, uh, he said that this was in the 1880s, 1890s, that what you have to do vis-a-vis a people is understand who they are and to, uh, to show the etiquette that shows respect for them. And so what he always did, he was a very strong man and uh, you didn't mess with him. He always bowed before all of the Arab sheikhs in his region. They respected him. They knew him as uh, Ibrahim Micha, Sheikh Ibrahim Micha. And they even went to him to help mediate their own problems with each other. So that was a, a great model. And the Oslo model too shows that that there is possibility for nuance when there are relationships. Now, we've just come out of a war and that's no time to think in terms of nuance. People are fighting, they're polarized, they're, they're, uh, they're made more extreme. And uh, I think it's, it's dangerous to think that that is the end game all the time. Though when you have extremists provoking constantly, it's very hard to get to nuance, but I, I think Stan is right that nu- nuance or conversation is a means to a greater end, not an end in and of itself. One of, one of the things, Rabbi Neil, that, that struck me uh, is a reality that there are many, many Muslim Jewish dialogue groups in the United States. And during the Intifada, period. Groups that had been established, ongoing, successful for years collapsed. People who thought they were speaking with each other had not actually in all those years touched upon the raw nerves of the relationship. They didn't have what Rabbi John is saying. They weren't there. It was deep. It was nice. It wasn't real. Now, to draw to an unfortunate contemporary expression, now, in the last few weeks, we've been tracking, again, difficulty in those dialogue groups. And the difficulty is not only between the, if you will, Muslim side and Jewish side, there's a further difficulty in a split in the Jewish side. So that instead of having two discussions, you really have three. And I found this particularly with, um, you know, in, in talking to colleagues, Jews, certainly in America, tend to be more liberal, um, tend to be more progressive. Um, and in the reform movement, of course, that, that's especially the case. I found in recent weeks, I found myself very surprised by by feeling like I'm almost right wing in the left wing, um, by finding myself where I thought I was extremely liberal, um, facing a, an extreme left in this country in particular, um, but not just in this country, online, of course. There's, but there's certainly, I, I think this leads to a question about what's happening in the extreme left, especially among young Americans vis-a-vis Israel, why is that different and how is that different to progressive Zionism? Because I, I think the two are separate. And, and, and for you, 
having experienced this, this rise in fairly extreme left-wing positions regarding Israel, what, what does it mean for you now, and, and how does it differ from progressive Zionism? Who would you like to respond? Well, Rabbi John, why don't you start with that one? Okay, well, there, I think it's important to understand that progressive Zionism means that there's, there's support for uh, the right of the Jewish people to a nationalism uh, in a liberal sense, and, I, and that's where the progressive comes in, which is we uh, do not run away from our own historic identity and with our connections with the land of Israel, with the people of Israel, with and the state of Israel, uh, and our yearning for Israel through prayer and through uh, all of our literature for 2,000 years since the destruction of the temple by Rome in the year 70 of the Common Era. We don't run away from it. That's part of who we are. But it also, according to the Declaration of Independence of, of the State of Israel, which is what our book is about, uh, both from the Israeli uh, perspective and the American liberal Jewish perspective, uh, and Israeli uh, Jewish and Israeli Muslim perspective, because there's, there's a piece by an Israeli Muslim citizen as well, is that there is a liberal Zionism that affirms the equality of all citizens of the state, the rights of all citizens of the state, and those who charge that Israel is an apartheid state. I just want to say a word about that. There are two entities that we're talking about, at least two. There's what we call within the, the green line, the historic state of Israel from 1948 to 1967. And then there are the lands that were taken in, in a war of defense by Israel in the 1967 war. And then there was the peace agreement that gave back the Sinai to Egypt and, and so forth. Uh, but in, within Israel itself, it is a democracy. It's not a perfect democracy, but their Arab citizens have the same rights they're second-class citizens, sometimes third-class, but they have the same rights uh, as uh, Israeli Jews. They're members of the Knesset. In fact, the latest, uh, at the time of this recording, the latest is that an Arab party might be part of the ruling co government, governing coalition for the first time. So that is not an apartheid state. There's a member of the, Israel's high court, Supreme Court, that's an Arab-Israeli citizen. So this is not apartheid. However, what's going on in the, in, in the occupied territories, in West Bank, East Jerusalem, Gaza is another thing altogether because that's controlled by, by Hamas. And I, I, that is a, uh, that's in Hebrew, we call that to balagan, a confusion and a, you know, a snake pit for the Israeli Jews uh, for many, many years. But what's going on in, in Jerusalem, East Jerusalem, and in the West Bank is an occupation that's administered by the, uh, by the military of Israel. It's not democratic. And my position is, and many most progressive Zionists are, that we need two states for two peoples who both claim, uh, have a legitimate claim to the same land. And it's the only way there's going to be peace. I want, I want to just quote uh, from one of my heroes, the Israeli Nobel laureate uh, Amos Oz, uh, who passed away in the last couple of years. He said, with regards to those who want one state, he said, apart from Switzerland, all binational and multinational states are either barely squeaking by, 
Belgium, the United Kingdom, and Spain, or have already deteriorated into violent conflict, Lebanon, Cyprus, the former Yugoslavia, and the USSR. There's no successful historical model of two peoples living side by side in one state, especially in the Middle East. That's Amos Oz. He was as far left in Israel as there was. So I take it from him that that's real. So those who argue for two for one state ain't going to work. It's not working now. Right. Rabbi Stan, before we take a break, what's your thought on what's happening in the extreme left of young American Jews today? One of the one of the real problems is trying to define terms. And and if you you've heard Rabbi John and I use words a little differently than you do. Same words, we're all on the same side, but the language actually isn't the same. When I earlier on said that we have to learn to listen, uh, when a Muslim Israeli refers to the 1948 War of Independence, Yom Milchamet Yom as Nakba, as a disaster, instead of shutting the sound off, we have to use that occasion to probe just exactly what do you mean? And we don't. It's, it's just like, that's a way not to talk with each other, yet language. So go to your question. For me, I view myself as a liberal. I do not view myself as a progressive. I think that in many ways, progressives, from my perspective, have sullied the term. Have sullied the term. I'll give you an example. Within the progressive Jewish ranks, not alone the larger progressive ranks in America, when you run a sign that says Palestinian lives matter, you are claiming that the struggle in the Middle East is racially based. And that is so far from the truth. I mean, that I would mention to you that the majority of Israeli citizens are people of color. Just absorb that for a moment. The majority of Israeli citizens are people of color. Yet the progressive community wants to identify what's the struggle between and among Israelis, Palestinians, Hamas, Hezbollah, and so forth as a racial encounter. And there's, a, there's another question. What is it that each side really wants? When a progressive says one state, translation, real world, no Jewish state. That's a very simple, direct comment. They can fump and move and say whatever. Bottom line, oh, by the way, that won't be a Jewish state. A liberal, hopefully, is looking for a way to make the Israeli constitution live without it losing its right to be a Jewish state, a state for Jews wherever we live. So liberal, progressive, in my eyes, dramatically different terms. And I, th I find this fascinating. Thank you. I, from both of you, we, we do need to take a break, but I, I always find it fascinating you know, coming from England, being in America for seven years now, watching American democracy crumble uh, around us and Americans looking to uh, Israel and saying, you know, that's not a democracy. And I'm thinking, let's start here because of everything that we see on a daily, weekly basis of American democracy crumbling. Meanwhile, you have a, a state that has four elections in two years to try to, you know, that gives people the right to vote and so on. But, but more than that, I, I, 
I really appreciate the, the highlighting the difference between liberal and progressive because seeing this phrased as a, a racial um, conflict, seeing this, you know, when I heard, um, I, I, I heard somebody say that, um, that there are no innocents living in Israel because they're all colonizers. And I, and I struggled so strongly with that because, you know, you can't colonize a land that you indigenously belong to thousands of years ago and were kicked out of. And even if somebody, as they come back, talks about colonization, that doesn't mean that there aren't innocent people, for goodness sake. And I even wrote back to them. I said, what about the children? They said, no, they're children of colonizers. So I think what's helpful for me hearing you in our first half is, is very much that need to listen and that need for nuance that needs to, to not have these black and white terms and actually hear people on the ground respectfully. I, I think it's, it's so important. We have to take a break though. So we're going to come back uh, shortly after these messages. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil from Temple Beth Shalom. My guests, guests this evening, Rabbi Stanley David, uh, Davids and Rabbi John Rosoff, co-editors of Deepening the Dialogue, Jewish Americans and Israelis envisioning the Jewish democratic state. We'll be back in a moment. Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil from Temple Beth Shalom. My guests this evening, Rabbi Stan and Rabbi John, um, co-editors of Deepening the Dialogue, Jewish Americans and Israelis Envisioning the Jewish Democratic State. We're having a fascinating conversation, particularly in light of recent um, events in Israel. I have seen so many comments um, saying, I'm not being anti-Semitic, I'm just being anti-Zionist. And it's okay to be anti-Zionist without you, Jewish person, getting all uppity and saying, no, no, you're being anti-Semitic. And that it's, it's me who's actually in error, which personally I find fascinating because when it comes to racism, we let people who experience racism say, this is racism. When people experience homophobia, we let them say, this is homophobic. When it comes to Jews saying, that's actually anti-Semitism, the rest of the world seems to turn around and say, no, no, it's anti-Zionism, it's okay. So from your perspective, maybe Rabbi Stan can take this one first. From your perspective, what's the, what's the difference between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism? I, I did know that Rabbi John wanted to say something at the very beginning. John, do you want to hold on that? or I'll, I'll hold. I'll come back to it. But you go ahead and answer this question. I, I can't answer. I was hoping to defer. <laughs> uh, I absolutely agree with your comment, Rabbi Neil, that in fact, uh, Jews have every right to understand, to feel, and to know, to know in our flesh and bones, and to know in our graveyards uh, what is anti-Semitism and what is anti-Zionism. We can, we can deal fairly easily. You want to criticize the Israeli government? Join John and me and a whole bunch of other people in the process. Fine, there's a lot that I want to criticize. But I have to find space because I have so much to criticize in the American government. If you want to say, however, that Jews ought not to have a state of their own, anti-Semitism. If your formula 
for how you want to navigate these very troubled waters. Bottom line is no Jewish state. That's anti-Semitism. That is an assault on Jewish identity. You are, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. John and I live in, in Los Angeles, Hollywood. Who has the right to play this character or that character? We're, we're getting beyond that point. Now we have Shakespeare with, with multi-ethnic characters, which is beautiful and fabulous. Nevertheless, there is a core. You want to say to me, I can't define who I am because that troubles you? My answer is get over it because that's not going anywhere. So this leads to a really important question, I think, which is that there are Jews who are saying, uh, you know, let's, you know, we should have one state, um, which as Rabbi John mentioned earlier, you know, quoting Amos Oz, it, it wouldn't work, right? Um, when you have Jews who are, talk, who are even calling for one state, is it anti-Semitism? What is it? Rabbi John, what are your thoughts on this? Not necessarily. Uh, because there are, there's a group called Jewish Voice for Peace. Now, I don't agree with them on this matter at all, because I think that they take, they're too lackadaisical about uh, Israel's own security issues, even though Israel is the strongest militarily in the Middle East. Still, uh, there are, th this war terrorized uh, Israelis. And if you ask them in elections, what are the top three issues that you're concerned about? They'll always say, regardless of what position they come to, security, security, security. Those three, those are the first three. That's why you get strong men leading the government so often. And then other issues get waylaid, which is, is a problem. Can I just make a comment? You, you said something at the end of the first half that I just wanted to underline, uh, that there is the accusation that uh, Israelis are colonizers, mm. that they're not indigenous to the area, which, and you said rightly so, that we've had a, a continual presence in the land of Israel for 2000 years. So there are, there are a lot of Jews who have been there forever, as there are a lot of Arabs who have been there forever. But so many of the Arabs who claim to be Palestinian, but according to the PLO's own definition of what a Palestinian is, is that this was from the 1960s, is any, any Arab who lived in Israel for two years and then left. So there were people from the, the Arabian Peninsula, from Iraq, from Egypt, from many places. So many of the people who claim to be Palestinian are not Palestinian historically. Now, if they have a right to self-identify just as Israeli Jews have a right to self-identify, which was the key point that, that Rabbi Stan just made. We, any people has the right to identify self to, to determine who they are as a people. And we certainly have that right. And those who deny us that right, I agree with uh, Rabbi Stan that, that that's anti-Semitism. So I, Neil, I. I, I, I have the weirdest kind of image in my childhood now, many centuries ago, I used to have a Siamese fighting fish and the Siamese fighting fish is beautiful and would sit in its little glass bowl with nobody else around. But if you would put another Siamese fighting fish 
in that little tank, only one would emerge alive. They do that. Now, why would people believe that the Siamese fighting fish live only to kill each other? But when they're in a situation which triggers all kinds of responses, off they go. So I'm going to have to ask my progressive friends, and I'm going to ask the JBP, the Jewish Voice of Peace, we aren't asking all the right questions. Why is it that the Palestinians have been subsidized by the United Nations and by worldwide aid organizations so that they have grown and grown and grown in size and in anger toward Israel? The environment worldwide is nurturing the current outcome. It isn't that Jews and Arabs have to go at each other. No, Jews and Palestinians. No, Jew Israeli Jews, Palestinian Jews, Arabs. No, but the world is not willing to look at the bowl into which these people have been placed and won't take responsibility their part in making it happen. It's so, I hate to be passionate. I don't do passionate. No, 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 please. But, but, you know, you have to learn to look at a broader picture to understand how and why we got there. You have to understand the British connection to the Middle East and the French connections to the Middle East. You have to understand the Saudis and so forth and so forth. If you don't have the larger picture, causation will forever be beyond your grasp. I, I so appreciate this from the two of you. I'd love to just keep talking. Um, time is not our friend here. Um, I, I so appreciate you, you coming here, not necessarily talking about, well, here's how we move forward, other than you can't move forward without a full appreciation of what has happened in the past. You know, it used to be that the conversations about Israel were about the 1967 borders um, and um, whether or not it was a war of defense or whether or not the land should be given back or is land for peace actually land for peace and all these challenging discussions. It seems now that those discussions have disappeared. And with the disappearance of that discussion, we're now back to the 1948 idea of should there be a Jewish state at all? And, and when we have something, when we, when we phrase it in that way, of course people are going to conflict, of course they're going to fight. So hearing from you this evening about the nuance, about the, the challenges of creating, but the essential need for a two-state solution is, is just really refreshing. So I just, I want to thank you both as I round off the show to, for, for coming in this evening and, and really adding more to this really complex discussion. It is complex. And Rabbi Neil, thank you for having us. It's been an honor and a pleasure to speak with you and to have our message at the very least uh, go to your listeners. And we have a lot of respect for what you're doing in Santa Fe. Thank you very much, Rabbi Neil. Thank you. Rabbi Stanley Davids, Rabbi John Rosoff, co-editors of a wonderful book that I really do recommend, Deepening the Dialogue, Jewish Americans and Israelis Envisioning the Jewish Democratic State. Thank you both. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, 
keep searching.